0: Reveal the truth of these uh, of these different planks of the foundation to us, Father God, that uh, as your word goes forth, Lord, it will accomplish what you said it to do, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so we're going to talk about water baptism tonight. we uh, going to talk a lot about the Old Testament, the old, the old Covenant and the New Covenant. Uh, I'm thankful for the Wednesday, class, Wednesday night class that we had on covenants. And all of you that, that were in, in that, you'll understand a little bit better about the differences from of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, and how the Old Covenant always pointed towards Jesus. And uh, and Paul had, Paul had said in Romans that uh, the Old Covenant was good because it showed us that we needed a Savior because we could never uphold uh, the, the Old Covenant. I want to begin with talking about some common thoughts on water baptism. Uh, if, if you've been church for a while, then you probably heard all all of this, and uh, so uh, I've heard a lot of legalistic stuff about the new covenant and uh, its importance. some think that whenever you get saved you've got to get in the water right then that you're not saved until you're baptized and some other thoughts are we do baptism once a quarter so we'll do a baptism whenever whenever we get around to it we'll do a baptism and so baptism, a baptism your water baptism You we're going to see in, in the teaching it's part of our covenant with God, and it's important that 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 we we submit to it. I remember uh, when Sarah was uh, when my youngest daughter Sarah was going to school at Middle Christian, she was playing volleyball. I think it was volleyball or basketball, and they went on a bus somewhere to play a game, and on the way back. They got one of the girls saved. And so this is mostly Church of Christ. And so we went to pick her up the bus, and they said, no, well, they woke up the preacher. <laughs> she was going to go get baptized, you know, that night, you know, because the, the Church of Christ believes that you're not saved until you're, you're baptized. And we will address that in, in the teaching. Whether you get immersed or you get sprinkled, you know, God, I think God looks at your heart. And so you can get legalistic about it, but God always looks at your heart. So I'm an emerging guy, but like I said, God looks at the heart. Talk about being born again. So there's probably nobody here that's not born again after the last, last lesson that we had. But it's interesting, uh, the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus, and for you that don't know who Nicodemus was, he was a Pharisee, but he was a seeker of truth, but he came to Jesus in the dark of the night, (laughs) and he asked what he needed to be saved, and he said, you have to be born again. how confusing that would be to Nicodemus and he said, well I can't can't crawl back in your mother's womb. And Jesus Jesus spoke life to him. And so uh, what is this born again experience that we have? Well, why do we have to be born again? Why do we have to be baptized? Well I was born a son of Adam the son of the fall you were born a son and daughter of Adam born into sin and when I'm born again I am born to a new father God because of what Jesus has done for us and so what happens to the old guy you know, my spirit has come alive, the Bible says I'm a new creation. I've been born again. I'm not the same as I was before. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. You are not the same person that you were before you received Jesus as your Lord. You're changed. You're a different person. The old man has died. However, you don't want to drag that old man around with you for the rest of your life. He begins to stink. First Corinthians 15.45 says, and so it's written, The first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The first man, Adam, and Jesus is known as the second Adam, or the last Adam, Adam. And so he came to do what the first Adam couldn't do. And so Jesus kept every bit of the old covenant. And then he then he died on the cross for us. And so I have his righteousness because he kept every bit of the old covenant. Then God sees me as keeping every bit of the Old Covenant, because I'm under the New Covenant. I've accepted Jesus, and that's what has happened in you when you accept Jesus. Romans 3 says, But now God has shown us a way to be, uh, to be made right with him, Jesus, without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who they are. For everyone. No matter who they are, this applies. And so everybody in here is, no matter who you are, this applies to you. And so, what a deal that is. What a deal. David Engel said you'd be a fool to pass up a deal like that, huh? Huh. Yeah. Well, the water baptism, like I said before, is part of our covenant with God. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a story. Some of y'all in here know this story. got a friend, Mike Sanders. He led his dad to the Lord when he was 90-something years old. His dad was 90-something years old, and he led him to the Lord. And he passed away about a month ago, 95 or so, and a couple of months before he died, Mike said, the Lord kept telling him, I want your dad to be baptized, water baptized. And so he went to his dad and said, Dad, we need to get you water baptized. God is telling me, you know, he said, well, I want everything God has for me. I mean, he got the real deal whenever he got, he got a double dose when he got saved. I mean, it, you talk about a changed man overnight, he was changed. Loved the Lord and sought the Lord. And so Mike says, well, you know, this is crazy, Dad, Dad is 95 years old, 96 years old. And he had to be on a walker Said we can't get him in a bathtub or trough or nothing like that, so he called his pastor and his pastor said well let's get the shower going god looks at the heart right and so they got his dad sitting in the shower and had some friends over there to witness it and so they got him baptized and he said all of a sudden it was real cool in the house all of a sudden he just felt this heat come in and everybody started sweating And his dad's just sitting there praising the Lord. And his his mother is sitting there who's deep into Alzheimer's. And she's uh, prophesying. You know, the Spirit of God was there. You know, and so so they got him out of the shower and got him cleaned up and kind of cooled down a little bit. And they sat down at the kitchen table. And the heat started again. Presence of the Holy Spirit. Presence of the Holy Spirit. And so... That's what obedience to the Lord does. You know, I was listening to a guy on the radio coming over here, and he was talking about applying God's Word to your life, applying God's Word to your life. This foundation series is going to help some of us learn how to do that and learn who we are. But sometimes we push water baptism off to the side. And so then we wonder, I feel like something is missing in my life, you know? I don't feel as close to God as I'd want to feel. Well, we haven't been obedient. And so we leave a door open. God hasn't moved away from you. You have moved away from God whenever you do that. And so, talk about the power in water baptism. The sign of the new covenant. Water baptism is a vital element in our Christian life. I remember, can't tell you how many times, you know, whenever I was a teenager, Dad would tell me to do something, and I might drag my feet a little bit, and then Dad would say, son, that wasn't a suggestion I made to you. You know? Sometimes we treat God like that, though, like the ten suggestions, or maybe God didn't really mean that I need to get water baptized. You know, maybe I really don't have to do that. Well, the revelation is God doesn't make suggestions either. We've got a lot of scriptures, and so some of them I have printed out, and I'll just read them. And some of them we can look them up. Acts 2.38 says, Then Peter said to them, Repent. No. last Wednesday, Remember what David, Dave told us about repentance and what repentance was. You know, repentance is, I'm going this way and it's the wrong way. And so I said, God, forgive me. So I turn and I come back this way. That's repentance. I walked away from that. That's repentance. Real simple. God brings something to, to our spirit and says, I want to deal with that then you stop walking towards that and you turn around and you start walking to him, towards him. That's repentance. Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized, every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Water baptism represents the death and the burial of our old man, the sin nature, and the rising to the new life in Jesus. Water baptism isn't required for salvation. Remember the thief on the cross? Jesus said, you will be with me in paradise this day. Why then is water baptism necessary? Matthew 28, in the Great Commission, Jesus commanded his followers to go to all the nations and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is our example. I meet with a couple of guys, some Mondays we try to do it every Monday, don't always work. We're talking about WWJD. You know, what would Jesus do back, what's that, 10, 15 years ago? And I think we ought to look at WDJD. What did Jesus do? What an example. Luke thirty three twenty one through 22 says, When all the people were baptized, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, then heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son. You I am well pleased. The humbleness of God. The humbleness of Jesus, who was without sin he didn't he didn't have to be baptized his old man his, his, he he walked in the new man, he was the new man, you know so he didn't have to be saved, he didn't have to be baptized, he was full of the Holy Spirit, but the humbleness of Jesus to set the example for us. And so what we're going to do, we're going to talk about what what a baptism is in the New Covenant and what it was in the Old Covenant. And so as we read the scriptures, uh, the symbol of the Old Covenant was circumcision. It was made between God and Abraham and Abraham's descendants. Those who weren't circumcised broke covenant with God. be disobedient, they're disobedient. They couldn't be called his people. God had established that covenant for, for Abraham for Isaac. The promised child in all of Isaac's descendants. Through the adoption of Christ, we have become the descendants of Isaac and co-heirs with Jesus. So don't get nervous, but we're going to talk about the new covenant circumcision. (laughs) (laughs) Paul explained the new covenant with Jesus as true circumcision no longer symbolized by a physical cutting but by cutting of the heart of man Philippians 3.3 3. Moses spoke of the new covenant saying saying that this would happen and it's in Deuteronomy if you'll to turn to Deuteronomy very popular book of the Bible Thirty. Deuteronomy 30, uh, verse 6. It says, And the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts in the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. So water b- baptism is a fulfillment of this. This promise that God gave. Give man the will to obey and to love God, with all of her heart, all of her souls, all of her mind. So, this circumcision is called the circumcision of Christ, or the circumcision of your heart. So, this cuts the darkness and death out and replaces it with light and life. Water baptism directly reflects Christ's circumcision by burial of our old self, our sin nature, and the rising from death to new life and a new nature with Jesus. Now, whenever we receive Jesus and we are water baptized the other part of the covenant receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit then we have a new heart and a new mind we have a heart that wants to follow God we've got a heart that wants the thing of God, wants to be pleased, a heart that wants to be pleasing to God we will also have a relationship with God and we know the word, so if we fall, then we've got forgiveness. We're not under the law anymore. So some people call talk about easy grace, but easy grace comes when you don't have a relationship. When you have a relationship with God, your heart is turned toward God, and you want to please God. Ezekiel also prophesied that the new covenant circumcision would remove our stubbornness and our unwillingness to obey God, and would give us a new heart and a new mind. Only on Ezekiel. Did you? No. Oh, okay. no. Yeah. okay. We are delivered from slavery. Jesus has brought us from slavery into freedom. On page 18 of your workbook, you'll see the story of the children of Israel passing through the Red Sea. The story symbolizes us being baptized in order to freely follow Jesus. 1 Corinthians 10, one two is the reference on that. We're no longer slaves to the devil. Amen. We're sons and daughters of the Most High God. What a jumping status. From a slave to a son and daughter of, of God. Destroyed the slavery mindset. This is the old man that's dying. The old man that has died that needs to be cut away. So repentance sets us free, water baptism is needed to destroy the slave mindset. After the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea, they no longer saw themselves as slaves to Egypt. I oh, remember that? Remember the story? We need to go back. You see all of the all of the all of Pharaoh's armies coming. Let's go back. You know after they passed through the Red Sea, they no longer saw themselves as slaves of Egypt but the children of God. God supernaturally changes our mindset through our obedience to water baptism. Destroying the reproach of and power of sin. Water baptism helps destroy the re- reproach of sin through faith in the power of God. Just as God raised Jesus from the dead to life, water baptism releases that real reality into our spirit. Mind and body breaking off the influence of death in sin Colossians 2.11 I've got two different versions of this scripture because I I use it twice both of them are of course good but Colossians 2.11 through 2 says New New King James says when you became a Christian you were set free from the sinful things of the world they had no hold on you this was not done by human hands you were set free from the sins of your old self by what was done in Christ's body. When you were baptized, you were buried as Christ was buried. When you were raised up in baptism, you were raised as Christ was raised. Praise the Lord. Amen. You were raised to a new life by putting your trust in God. It was God who raised Jesus from the dead. Romans 6, 4-6 through 6 says, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have, if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, Certainly, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Amen? What a deal. I give you my old dirty rags, and you give me a purple robe of kingship. Amen. Can you look at Jesus' death and resurrection? Hebrews 2.14-15 tells us that his death and resurrection destroyed the devil who had the power over death. I get excited about reading the scriptures that talk about how Jesus defeated the devil and made a show of him openly, triumphing over him in it. He drug him through the streets of hell. You're defeated. You have no power over the children of God anymore. The only power he has is what we give him. Rescued us from the fear of death. So if you ever feel the fear of death, I don't accept that because Jesus has rescued us, rescued me from the fear of death. He made us acceptable to Father God. Turn to Second Corinthians five twenty one said, "For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him." So that's us. We're righteous. God sees us as righteous. God looks at us through the blood of Jesus, his son. Heard a guy say one time, you know, the devil's the accuser. You read the story of Job, and you can see the devil. He said, what do you think if the devil still has access to God? And he says, Starts accusing one of us and God turns to Jesus and Jesus says, he's one of mine. He says, Devil, you're a liar because he's righteous. <laughs> Amen. The Christ was buried when you were raised up in baptism, you were raised as Christ was raised. Wow. You were raised to a new life. Of putting your trust in God, amen Romans turn over to Romans a few pages back you know i read I read Romans, I think it was yesterday the the book of Romans, and I love it when I do that because. It's got so much stuff in it that you always, God always shows you something. That, that, that's in, throughout the Bible, whatever you read, but Romans is so so full of, of such good things. Romans 8, 1 through 5 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who is not walking according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus was made had made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh God did by the sending of his own son in the likeness of, of a sinful flesh on account of sin he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit." So if you're seeking God and you're trying to follow God, you've accepted Jesus, as your savior, savior and the Lord of your life, and the accuser comes, which he will, then you just call him a liar and he has no authority over you because, you, because God has said he doesn't condemn you. There's no condemnation for you that are in Christ. The flesh is the old man and the spirit is the new man. Now, this this doesn't have anything to do with water baptism. However, as we walk with God, uh, Romans 12.2 talks about renewing your mind. Because we all walked in the world so much, that the things that we know best is the things of the world. And so as we submit ourselves to God, we learn what the Holy Spirit is sent here for. And Jesus said, it's better that I go because I'll send you the Holy Spirit and he will lead you into all truth. And we haven't always uh, we haven't always used the Holy Spirit, put on the Holy Spirit like we should. Allow him to come and take those things from us or you know I've went through a time in my life where, where I first learned about the Holy Spirit's job and I learned that I could speak to him, that I could talk to him. And I learned that he was so gentle that he would wait until I was ready to give him something that wasn't right in my life. And he would come and say, You're ready to give that to me. And he would deliver me from those things. You know, and the thing is, you think, Man, I'm in good shape. I got rid of that. And then you realize you got a hundred and thousand different things in your life. You know, so it's going to be a lifelong pro- process, and then through the through the mercy and the grace of God, you get to go to heaven, and it, it don't matter because all that stuff's gone. Then, okay, believe and be baptized. The prerequisite to water baptism is believe in the death, resurrection, and divinity of Jesus, and in His lordship. I think. The church in America, one of the problems that they have, we have, is his lordship in our life. And so, you know, we don't understand uh, lordship like maybe somebody from Great Britain that's got a queen, you know, is he kind of ceremonial, or a king. Uh, Saudi Arabia would probably more understand lordship. And so we say, Jesus is our Lord. That means all that I have and all that I am, I have given to him. Jesus, whatever you want me to do, reveal it to me and I will do it. That's lordship. Through the New Testament, as soon as people chose to believe, they were baptized right then. They got them in the water. The apostles understood that baptism was needed for freedom from sin and for the new life in Jesus to be established in us. It's part of the covenant. We've got to complete our covenant. You know, that's our part in this deal. And it doesn't have anything to do with salvation, like I said, but sometimes it's an open door for the enemy to come in because it's disobedience. Likewise there should be no delay in the baptism of believers today. I'm not talking about you get saved at midnight and you wake the preacher up to baptize you at one o'clock. But don't wait a month or a year, you know, or whatever. It's interesting, one of the one of the things one of the things that kind of shows a difference in what people believe is They've got certain denominations that says you have to be baptized in Jesus' name only, and any time you get in that to that much legalism, and Jesus said, "Be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit," then you know that you're kind of getting in there if it's that that legalism, because God that legalistic because God gets in God looks at your heart. Jesus said in Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen, to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the Apostles baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why would they do that? I mean, Jesus baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They understood the Trinity of the Godhead was three in one. Colossians 2, 9 through 10 says, God lives fully in Christ, and you are fully grown because you belong to Christ, who is over every power and authority. So you read that and say, well, it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I mean, you see the Godhead in 3 and 1, Jesus Jesus is the one who paid the price, but the Godhead is three in one. A lot of people just don't like the command for water water baptism. They think it's silly, ridiculous, unnecessary, but don't let your pride or self-will stop you from God's plan of restoration and freedom for you. Matthew 3.16 says, talking about Jesus, that when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens was open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Now, Sometimes you talk to somebody who's walked with the Lord for a while, say, how you doing? He says, I'm standing over, uh, under an open heaven. We're standing under an open heaven. We all are. You know, when you understand that and what that means, there's nothing blocking me. there's nothing between me and God that can block us except me. The devil may try but only, only if I let him you know sometimes most of the time, not even sometime it seems like the early part of my walk with the Lord and I think our walk in the spirit's a lot like uh, when you're born again, you're a baby. And so you've got this growing deal that you've got to do. And I remember that part of my life. And, and I could ask God for something, and he was there because I was a baby. As I've grown older, Then I began began to realize that those things just wasn't laid before me like it used to be because I had begun to grow up. And so there came a time when I had to exercise faith. And I had to believe God. And I had to be able to fight because it's a battle. You've got to fight for what God has for you because we've got an enemy out there and we've got to fight. If we haven't completed our covenant with God, we have that open door sitting up here that gives the enemy access to you because I haven't been obedient to God. That causes that door to open. I want that door to close and it closes through my obedience when I come to the place of obedience. I like I like to tell people that you know we that's the only thing that we need to be stubborn about is God's promises. I've seen I've seen so many miracles from God. I remember Josie had a kidney that was dead and God gave her a new kidney. What was it, a week? About a week later, she was driving to ATB. God gave her a vision. and She said she don't remember pulling in the parking lot. That's dangerous. God directed her path. And directed the path of everybody else out of her way. And the vision was God handing her a new kidney. And so she goes to the doctor, and the doctor said to the surgeon, he said, I don't remove a perfectly good kidney. And that was about a week. Well, this is, this is I'm going to tell Josie's stories, okay? I won't tell Greg's stories. And, and so Josie had this deal. I don't know why the enemy enemy's after her. But she ended up basically with severe arthritis in her hands. And she's a quilter, and she sews. And so you use your hands a lot. And so sometimes she'd be doing that, and her hands would hurt, and we would pray. And then going a little while, her hands would start hurting, and we'd pray. That went on seven years. About seven years, wasn't it? About seven years? Yeah. Then here about six or seven months ago, her hands were really hurting, and we prayed, and they haven't hurt since. Now, I don't know why it took seven years. You know, I don't know why this kidney was done in a week, and this was done in seven years. I know God, God doesn't mess with time but <laughs> in eternity, but the thing is, are you grateful, Josie? For both of them? Yeah. Praise God. So, anyway, God uses water baptism to expose us to an open heaven and his expressed favor. You know that you have favor with God. God says, I will give you favor. He will give you favor with him and with man. Praise God. I started a business 27 years ago, and that was always my prayer. I prayed every morning over my employees, over the business. I said, thank you, God, for your favor. We've got favor with you, and we've got favor with man. That's what he said. Ephesians two six. Paul wrote that we are now seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. There is nothing that stands between you and God. It's seated with Jesus. Hallelujah. So, water baptism literally establishes our new life. Now, I know that I'm talking to people that uh, most of us have been baptized, but sometimes we need to reflect, reflect on what we did and what that means to us. So, get out a little early tonight. I told John, I said, I only have I'm going to go fast, because I only got one page of notes on this, and then I printed it out, and it was in the font of number four. (laughs) So I put it in my readable font of 14, but still got out early. Praise God. anybody got any questions, and you can come and ask. uh, If anybody wants to be baptized, talk talk with John and get a schedule. He will get you in the water pretty fast, I think. <laughs> yeah.